Welcome everybody to the episode of Yankee Chronicles on YouTube. You can follow us at yankeechronicles.com and on Twitter at Yankee Chronicle. You can also follow me at Bobby Tats on Twitter. You can follow Rob at RobB5199. And Evan? At Evan D. Wetzel 4. Donald? At D. Stewart 267. All right, and Nick, I know you're here from uh, from Facebook. If you want to give your uh, your group a shout out, you're more than welcome. All right. Well, my group's a private group though because we've had some people that were not really ideal for our group. You know, they were either saying things that were pretty stupid or also one of them even says something something really racist so yeah we're okay. trying to avoid those people from coming in okay you're, you're joining but, yeah us the from... name of the group is stanky's yankees okay and you're joining us from japan yeah all right well we we, we thank you for joining us tonight um one of the mm -hmm. the, the hot topics i uh has been going on is the report that came out in the states that Tanaka is either going to sign if he doesn't sign with the Yankees that he's going home to play uh, finish out his career in Japan. What have you heard? Yeah, and he actually <laughs> disputed that on Twitter. I just got out the tweet so that uh, if you want me to read it, yeah. Yes, please. Right here. All right. So translated in English. Some media outlets have reported that they have no choice, but that I have no choice but to play for the Yankees or Japan for their future. But that's not the case. At this stage, we are not limiting the teams we want to play for next season. But we are thinking about thinking about all the teams that are interested in us. In okay. Uh, so well, yeah. It's, not exactly how it's translated. Just that the yeah. way Japanese and English translate. It's. And not actually really always how it's meant to be said. All right. Um, Evan, do you think that that's, a, you know, the way that he should go about his his free agency? And leaving his options yeah, open? Yeah, I, I think that's how every uh, agent would tell their player to do. He's not going to sit there and say, no, I'm only going to the Yankees or Japan, because then that eliminates every team that's looking at you. Yeah. So that's stupid. Right. So, of course, he has to come out and say this now. Um, so true. I think it means very little. I think he's going to look at the best offer available, but I still think that his main interest is the Yankees or Japan. And we'll yeah, see how I, that goes. I agree with that. Yeah. Donald, do you have an opinion on it? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, Brian Cashman's made it clear to him that, uh, that it starts with DJ Lemayhew. He's a priority. And, and uh, he's, he's, uh, I read that um, he's told um, the representatives of, of Tanaka and also uh, Brett Gardner that uh, DJ is a priority. After DJ, whatever happens, whether he signs or not, then they'll discuss Tanaka, etc. So um, that's basically the deal. So um, if uh, there's been no offer yet from the Yankees to Tanaka, so we'll just have to wait and see what uh, what what happens with uh, DJ first. Okay, and uh, Nick, what are they saying um, in your neighbor, you know, in your town? What's the is there an excitement of the possibility of him 
returning to play for Japan? I haven't heard anything yet, but I think that there would be people that are excited. Definitely if he goes back to the his former team, the Rakuten Golden Eagles. So um as far as we, there's a lot of Japanese talent that gets scouted by Major League Baseball. Right. And one of the, the, the players that's been that, that they're saying is it should be posted shortly is Nagano. What could, yeah, that, I'm actually writing a blog on him right now. Now, have you seen him pitch in person? Or, I actually have. Right, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about him? Sure. So he's really much more of a control pitcher than he is a guy that will overpower other batters. He's, his fastball sits more towards the lower 90s. Occasionally it might hit the mid-90s, but more often than not it's in the lower 90s. And he has a really nice slider. And you remember the 2017 World Baseball Classic game between USA and Japan? Yeah. He was pitching that game, and he held guys like Giancarlo Stanton – um, Christian Yelich. I think he also held Nolan Arenado hit list in that game. I don't know. I think we could strike out Stanton at this point. <laughs> I mean, strike. like, he is a great player, but yeah, I mean, sure, he does strike out a lot, but I yeah. mean, I'd still, if he's healthy, I'd rather have him on my team than not. Yeah. Right, so he's the hot commodity in right. all the sea. Okay. Um, I think that on a good rotation, he'll be a good middle-of-the-rotation guy. Now, Rob, being the fact that he's 31 years old, do you feel that there's any hesitation amongst teams in Major League Baseball? From what all the reports are saying, no, because um, I think Ken Rosenthal put it out today that a decision is expected very soon because I think the deadline's with uh, the next couple of days. So, um there's a bunch of suitors already that are giving him big money. I know his former team in Japan offered him a pretty hefty deal, but apparently the offers from American teams in the major leagues are pretty big right now too. So, yeah, I mean, if he's as good as all the reports are saying, and, and if he's a middle-of-the-rotation guy, you know who can use that right now. It's us. So I wouldn't mind yeah. going after him. I think he's going to make somewhere around 8 to $12 million a year in America, and – even the best players in Japan don't make nearly as much as even average players in Major League Baseball. Okay. Like, they still make millions, but they don't make nearly as much. Like, you don't see contracts like Garrett Cole or Bryce Harper or Steven Strasburg or Manny Machado. You don't see those kinds of contracts in Japan. Now, is there another player, um, whether a pitcher or an infielder, outfielder, that you think would really fit in well with the with Major League Baseball that not being talked about? That's not being talked about? That I'm actually not sure because I'm not nearly as informed about Japan, Japanese baseball than I am about Major League Baseball. I know all the teams, but uh, and I know about the culture, but in terms of players, that I'm not exactly the most familiar with, to be honest. All right. Uh, does anybody have a question for Nick that I haven't thought of? Hmm. I got one. Okay. Other, other than the sure. Yankees, though, who do you think was the best fit for Sudano? I actually think that the Red Sox would be a good fit, to be honest, because their pitching is absolutely abysmal. 
Especially yeah. if Chris Sale doesn't come back strong from Tommy John surgery. Very good point. Uh, yeah. I know the Mets were also looking at him as well as the Giants. Yeah, and they were listed. at best he's going to be their number two because obviously he's not going to be their number one over Jacob deGrom. But yeah. we'll have to see how Noah Syndergaard and Marcus Stroman come back from their injuries. Well, I think with the age and the velocity, he wouldn't really be considered an ace in any organization. He would be that that three guy. Well, maybe like teams that have no pitching whatsoever, like the Orioles or the Mariners or yeah. uh, right. the Angels, if they don't get Trevor Bauer. Well, I think Trevor Bauer is overrated, to be honest, even coming off a Cy Young season. So I think that he's going to get overpaid. It's going to turn into a bad contract, to be honest. But, yeah, if the, let's say the Angels don't get Trevor Bauer, then, yeah, I think that Sugano will be the number one on their team. Yeah. Uh, I've also heard uh, Blue Jays and Twins for Sagan. Okay. Oh, yeah, Blue Jays and Twins. Yeah, and I think that he could also fit their middle of the rotation. Yeah. All right. Um, one of the things that we've asked, uh, that we've talked about before, I wanted to get your opinion. Um, mm-hmm. the, the pace of the, the Major League Baseball's offseason – is there something you've mm-hmm. ever thought of that would speed up the process of getting free agents off the market? Well, yeah, that's a good question. But right now, <laughs> it's it's just moving slower than usual because of the whole pandemic. And also, I think that because like there's this thing with internships going on with Major League Baseball, everything's, everything was just meant to slow down because of this pandemic. It took a it took it took a while for anyone to make a big splash. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sometimes yeah, it does take until January or February. Like Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, they didn't sign until like January and February. But you know, last year with Garrett Cole, that happened in December. And also, when the Yankees got John Carlos Stanton, that was also in December, like pretty early in December. But we had to wait until like late December to see what the Padres did. Right. So would you, uh, what, if there was one player, you know, we've, everybody wants LeMahieu to be signed. Yeah. Who else so out there? Is there, what other free agent between, be, be, um, other than LeMahieu or Bauer? Is that pretty much on that top tier? Who else do you think would fit this Yankee, this Yankee team to get them over and to, you know, that gives them a push to the World Series. All right, so guys that I'm thinking, I want LeMayhew, but if they can't re-sign LeMayhew, then I would look at Andrelton Simmons or Tommy LaStella as backup plans. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think about, like, Whit Merrifield? <laughs> Whit? Oh, Whit Merrifield, yeah. I would definitely <laughs> like him, too. So <laughs> My favorite player. Get me whipped. <laughs> Sorry, I threw that in. We mentioned him every episode. <laughs> um, at least. Uh, Evan's a mm-hmm. big Merrifield fan, and he's kind of turning us all into one. No. Oh, I see. <laughs> so that's why we threw him in there. So that, <laughs> that was for Evan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, there was another hot topic that we had the other day, and that was Gary Sanchez. Yeah. What do you think on him? Well, I've been on his side a lot 
but this the 2020 season he was really bad so i found him a lot harder to defend but i'll still give him a chance because a lot of other star players also struggled in 2020 it wasn't just him okay Uh, and even though he did strike out at a ridiculously bad rate like almost 40 percent of the time yeah that's not something that i can really defend but when he was hitting the ball he was still hitting it hard yeah, he, he's, uh, he's a tricky one. You know? I also think you yeah, have to give I don't think he's going to get any better than what he was in 2017. I think that no, that think was that his peak, was to be peak. honest. Now, Donald, if he is able to get back to those numbers in 2017, do you think that they that, that solidifies them giving him another chance? Well, well obviously, yes, if, if he... If he puts up those kind of numbers hypothetically, then um, then it will um, repay Cashman and Boone's uh, absolute um, endless faith in the guy. So, yeah, so if to answer that question, I would say, so. do I think that's going to happen? Uh, no. But, yeah, yeah. No, I think, you know, like I said, you know, he could hit a, a game, you know, World Series winning home run and people still want to run him out of town. Yeah, he, yeah, I think that hate amongst the fans is too far. Yankee gone. fans can tend to get too harsh on him. Like this year, I mean, in 2020, it, it was a lot more justified. But I thought that more often than not, yeah, I think that fans have gotten too hard on him. Yeah, Evan, you had a comment before. Yeah, I think with catcher, you kind of have to give a curve because if you look all around the entire major leagues, it's a pretty weak position, and you have multiple teams that use two catchers because of that fact. So if you really look at the stats based on that, Gary's still a top-10 catcher. So, you know, you're not going to want to give up on that unless you have something in place to fix that issue. Oh, God. I agree. And you know what else? When he – got called up and started hitting all those home runs in 2016. I was so glad I kept my Robinson Cano jersey because it doesn't say Cano on the back, so I got to use it as my Gary Sanchez jersey. Okay. <laughs> well, Cano was 22 and, and Sanchez was 24. Well, Cano switched to 24 in 2007 when Roger Clemens was coming back. Okay. That's right. He did switch. I was remembering him at 22. I've been a Yankee fan since 2002. Okay. So what is your – now, this is something that um, our initial episode was going to be about. Mm-hmm. And I want to – you know, we've had a lot of frustration. Eva and I almost killed each other over the computer. Yep. Uh, and we wanted to kind of start the new year off in a positive note. So mm-hmm. we're going to go – I, I want to hear know about your favorite – Yankee experience. So, My favorite Yankee experience, definitely when they won the World Series in 2009. Because that's no, the only you, one World Series I really got to experience them winning because I wasn't watching in the 90s. I, start, I picked up on baseball in 2002. So 2009 was the one that I actually got to experience. All right. Have you ever been able to – have you ever been to the States to see a game? Oh, I used to live in the States, and I used to okay. go every year. Okay, so if uh, an ex- a stadium experience, which one stands out for you the most? Definitely Petco Park. Okay. 
Um, so you've been to all right. So you've been on the the West Coast. Yeah, okay. and one of my friends from New York was also living out there at the time. So we we went to see the Yankees together at Petco Park. That'd be cool, seeing them on the road. Yeah. Um, Rob, what was your favorite game experience? Uh, it's kind of a long story, but um, back in 2001, the Yankees came to uh, visit the Marlins. And um, we went early, me, my dad, and my brother. We went real early to catch batting practice and all that. And while mm-hmm. we were waiting down in the foul territory uh, in the left field area, we noticed, me and my brother noticed Derek Jeter warming up, just like stretching. So we started you know, calling him over, and he throws a baseball into the crowd but hits a kid. <laughs> and he come he finds out he comes over gives the kid a bat and then he starts signing autographs and i'm only like nine or something like at the time so i'm in, i'm like getting just bum rushed by people trying to get jeter's autograph but i'm trying to get him to look at our direction so i'm yelling his name and he yells back at me he's like i can hear you it caught me off guard that i stepped back and i got like pushed out of the pile Long story short, my brother got Derek Jeter's autograph, and I didn't because oh, he got it. Oh, you wanted to hear about like when you actually went to the game? Because I, I, I thought you were asking like just Yankee experiences in general, whether it was live. Oh, either at, or. At the game or you know, yeah. So if any any kind of experience that really just kind of you go down memory lane and you know kind of makes you laugh or you know. Um. Oh. But two of the best games that I've ever been to were, remember 2012 in July when Raul Ibanez hit a grand slam to break a 2-2 tie against the Blue Jays? Yeah. I was at that game. Oh, that's cool. And also awesome. Alfonso Soriano hitting seven RBIs against the Angels in 2013. I was at that game too. Really? He was very underrated playing. You know, you know, he so was one of my favorites. That's why I said yeah, I mean, he struck out a lot, didn't walk a lot, but – he was fast and he did have power. Yep. So oh, Donald, yeah. what about you? He was not a good defensive second baseman at all. Yeah. Uh, Donald, what's uh, what's your memory then? Well, my my best memory has to be um, 1999. <clears throat> Yogi Bear um, on the on the anniversary of uh, Don Larson's perfect game. It was David Cohen's perfect game, and I was there. It was my very first game, the old stadium. I remember it. It was just an incredible day. In fact, I've got the signed ball here. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so, I actually have a ball signed by Roy White. By David Cohen. It was David Cohen's perfect I, game. I met the Buffalo Wild Wings. I'll get that out right now. Hold on. Yeah. Oh. Oh. You can see it. Yeah, this ball right here, it's signed by Roy White. That's okay. cool. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I remember. It was my, my grandfather took me. My grandfather got me into the Yankees. Um, he's – he just uh, – we, we, we spent summers just going to all the, all, the old, all the games in the old stadium. I loved the old stadium. The old stadium had a – The old stadium was so much better. Had such an atmosphere. Yeah, so I agree. Much better. At the night, in the evening, you know, it just started to rock, you know. The, the, <laughs> even if it was, like, July and it's a semi-meaningless game, it was still such a great atmosphere. Like, you just felt yeah. it. Yeah. And really- that's also something that I loved about going to a game in Japan. 
I went to see a last place team play against the next to last place team. It was the last game of the season, and it was still an electric atmosphere. So, Evan, how's but uh, how about you? For memories, uh, one time I met Joe Torrey uh, outside my favorite pizza place. That was pretty nice. cool. Nice. And then my mom was at Bloomingdale's, and she met Mariano Rivera. And somehow I'm knew jealous. who she was, even though she's only you watched right like one game. <laughs> oh, you got the bobble. There you go. That's yeah. dope. So she ran up to him, and she got his autograph. And as he was finishing signing his name, like he wrote a whole message and was signing his name, uh, his niece bumped into him and messed up part of the autograph. So he wrote a whole oh. other one. So I got two autographs. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah, so that was cool. Uh, yeah, I almost I, – I, so for me, it was the – it was 2014 when I, I – that was my first game at the new stadium. Yeah, was, oh, really? It took that get, long? I don't get to a lot of games. Mm-hmm. So my mother-in-law was a business official for the schools on Long Island mm-hmm. and was at a seminar upstate and won raffle tickets, and it was two tickets to sit in the Delta Suite. Oh, wow. So, like, I'll take you with me under one condition. No cursing. (laughs) Evan can't go. So, yeah. And it was hard. And the Yankees lost 1-0. It was um, Corrado was pitching against Felix uh, Felix Hernandez. Mm -hmm. And it was just an excellent – one of the best pitching games I've ever seen on both sides. Mm-hmm. And my mother-in-law was all upset that they, you know, she's like, I finally get to a game and they lose. And I'm going, again, that was a great game. Cause it really was a well-played it was pitching defense. You know, there weren't a lot of strikeouts and it was just a very, you know, even though it was a, a pitching duel, it just, it was jam packed with, with momentum. And it, mm-hmm. that that's, you know, not being able to curse was, that made it stand out. <laughs> Kuroda, too, was one of the most fun pitchers to watch. I mean, he was just so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too bad that he didn't get a lot of run support. Yeah. Yeah. They could not. I love watching El Duque. Uh, I'd go it, to games where El Duque's pitching. I love yeah, El Duque. He was my favorite El pitcher growing up. Amazing. I, oh, I did so the good. leg kick because of him. I could reach my chin with my knee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I tried. Yeah. Good. I loved it. Oh, yeah, it's so uh, good. I still, I you know, watching Pettit pitch live that 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 was an experience. Yeah, that, that's there. Just like I've gotten to see him pitch in 2010 before at the new stadium. Mm-hmm. Okay, I saw him back in '09 when the Yankees were here again uh, to play the Marlins. Pettit was pitching. Mm-hmm. It was that '09 championship team. Uh, it we lost uh, one of the games we went to, and as we were leaving, some crazy Marlins fan in a wheelchair started screaming to kill us, like, kill the Yankees fans. So my dad, being an old-school New Yorker, you know, his usual Italian self, just said, take it easy, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so we got threatened by a crazy Marlins fan because the Yankees lost. I don't know. It was, it's always interesting going to those games. Yeah, I remember when I was in middle school, I went to a Yankees-Red Sox game, and the Red Sox crushed the Yankees. And 
I remember a Red Sox came in, Red Sox fan came in and started bragging about it, and then another Yankee fan and well, a couple of Yankee fans started cussing him out about it, and then as I was about to get out of the bathroom, my dad just pulled me out, like he he just wanted me to have nothing to do with it. <laughs> get out before it gets ugly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that's gonna wrap this up for this week. Um, I do want to thank everybody for joining us. Nick, you know, anytime you want to come back on, just send me a message. And uh, Yeah, and also, yeah. I have a YouTube channel where I'm going to be talking about basketball, baseball, and football. It's Showtime Nick, if you want to check that out. All right, yeah, send me the link and we'll, uh, we'll promote it. sure. Yeah. Okay, thank um, you. Um, on behalf of everybody, YankeeChronicles.com. I do want to thank everybody for watching. Just remember to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. You can also follow us on Spotify at Yankee Chronicles. So I hope everybody has a good week. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good night. All right. Good night, guys.